podcast number 101, Billy Bossa Nova. This song is a prime example of songwriting at its highest level. Billie Eilish and her brother, Phineas O'Connell, are, in my opinion, beyond description in their ability to compose, perform, arrange, and record their works. Also, please check out No Time to Die, episode number 54, and Bad Guy, episode number 45. This is a lesson for all composers, no matter what style or genre of music. You can do it all by yourself with dedication and today's technology. To record a finished product and through social media reach your audience. Let's begin with the overall architecture. First we have an introduction, then verse 1, a pre-chorus, chorus, verse 2, pre-chorus again, chorus, and another chorus, and then the outro. The bossa nova. The bossa nova is a style of music combining the rhythms of the samba and jazz harmonies. Basically, a fusion of the samba and jazz using traditional Brazilian rhythm and more harmonically complex jazz harmonies. Most often accompanied by an acoustic guitar using the fingers of the right hand for different rhythmic accompaniment. It is very interesting to see the video where Phineas accompanies Billy using this style, not just simple triads, but jazz chords in a finger style. Very impressive. The bossa nova developed in Brazil during the mid-20th century. One of the first examples to gain worldwide fame is the song Black Orpheus and also The Girl from Epanema. Throughout the history of civilization, music and dance are fused. From ancient times till today, composers have written music for the dance, and dance has been created to interpret the music. They say one way to really hear the music is through interpretive movement. The famed cellist Jacqueline Dupre and her sister, as young children, were encouraged to do this as part of their training as a musician. In fact, many songwriters, producers, and arrangers layer the rhythm first as color on a canvas and then layer the chords, melody, harmonies, arrangement on top of this rhythmic foundation. If you choose a rhythm, which today thousands are available through computer programs, drum machines, on smartphones, or purchase on the internet, as little Nas X did, for $30, and on this rhythm created one of the most famous songs in recent modern song composition, Old Town Road. You will never run out of inspiration or the ability to create new ideas and songs if you just keep changing the background rhythm. For this will influence the way you play the chords and the way you sing the melody. The introduction. The introduction is eight measures long. Here we have a perfect introduction in that it sets the usual foundation introducing such elements as the key signature, tonality, time, tempo, melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic hooks, as well as the overall feel and mood of the work. At first, we hear the bossa nova rhythm on which the work is layered, played by the chords in a syncopated rhythm. This is a perfect example of the bossa nova genre that we mentioned earlier. We are in the key of B flat major. The key of B flat major, the chords are the one chord is B flat, the two chord is C minor, the three chord is D minor, the four chord is E flat, the five chord is F, 
the sixth chord is G minor, and the seventh chord is A diminished. The chords in the intro follow an ostinato. That is a recurring pattern that is used in every section, creating a harmonic rhythmic hook. Please check out episode number 51 and 52, which deals with this subject, rhythmic harmonic hooks. The chords used are C minor 7th to C minor 6th. These are extensions of the C minor chord, the two chord in the key of B flat. This adds color and density and slight shades of dissonance. Episode number 73 deals with extensions and substitutions. Then we have G minor add 9. This is an extension of the 6th chord G minor. Then we have the G minor triad, the regular G minor chord. And then the 1 chord B flat major. Not to break any copyright laws, please listen to the original recording as we go through the analysis. I will play certain examples though. Here I will now play C minor 7 to C minor 6, G minor 9 to G minor in the bossa nova rhythm using an acoustic guitar. The melody of the introduction supporting the lyrics mm and na 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 foreshadows the entrance of the melody of the verse. The entrance of the main melody actually starts in the last measure of the introduction, a pickup to the verse. This technique is perfect to highlight something important, in addition signaling something new about to happen. Here we see both, the main melodic hook of the verse combined with the entrance of the verse. Verse 1. This first verse is 16 measures long. It is divided into two eight-measure sections. The second half, the second section, is musically a repetition of the first half with new lyrics. Section 1. The verse is built on the background of the introduction, so the introduction continues with the addition of Billy singing the melody and the bass entering. As I mentioned earlier, the music of the introduction is used for every section of the song, which is very common in today's music. Now, what composers and arrangers do to separate the sections is they have instruments come in and out or voices, especially adding or taking away different percussion instruments. This is such an important technique. Notice how as each section enters, something new happens. What is interesting here, as far as the bass is concerned, when you play fingerstyle acoustic guitar, many times you hit the root of the chord and then the rest of the chord. Now here, when the bass enters, the bass is doing the same thing. It's syncopated, but it's playing the root of each chord, now supporting the guitar. When you record your own music, if you're adding different instruments, voices, percussion, remember each layer should work with the other layers but not interfere. A perfect example is Quincy Jones's arrangements of the Michael Jackson songs, how each layer, bass, vocals, everything works so perfectly and you can hear it clearly. They all make sense on their own but work together to create the whole. The melody is divided into four two-measure phrases. Phrase one, 
The lyrics are, love when it comes without a warning. As I mentioned, it begins the last measure of the introduction as a pickup to the verse. It's based on the first four notes of the B-flat major scale, ascending and descending, all stepwise, except for the last three notes. For the lyrics, a warning, we have the notes B-flat to D back to B-flat, a major third up and down, heard against the C minor seventh chord. B-flat is the seventh and D the ninth of this chord. I know it goes by fast, but if we slow it down, the seventh and ninth are extensions of the C minor chord. Extensions and non-chord tones create varying degrees of color and tension. Subconsciously felt more than heard, it supports the meaning of the lyric. I will play D and B-flat now against the C minor 7th chord. In episodes number 21 and 70, I discussed the importance of chord, non-chord tones, and intervals supporting the emotion of the lyric. This is extremely important to underscore an important moment, lyric, or emotion of a lyric or phrase, as certain intervals evoke an array of emotions to the listener. Phrase two. The lyrics are, cause waiting for it gets so boring. This is an exact repetition of the first phrase melodically. However, now it is set against C minor seventh and C minor sixth, rather than the B flat chord. This is one of the most commonly used techniques in modern music. That is repetition and repetition with variation. The variation be, may be melodically, change of the melody, adding, taking notes away, or rhythmically, the same notes with a different rhythm, or in this case, harmonically, the background chords are different. For example, I will play the notes B flat C, D, E flat D, C, B flat, the melody, first against the B flat chord. Then the same notes will be heard against the C minor chord. I just will sustain that C minor chord so you can hear it. As discussed earlier, the color and tension of the notes change as their relationship with the background chords change. This creates something new, simultaneously retaining continuity with something familiar, along with introducing a new color. Repetition and repetition with variation. On this subject, at the end of the first phrase for the lyric warning, we had the ninth and seventh of the C minor seventh chord extensions. For the lyric boring, at the end of the second phrase, we have D and B flat, the fifth and the third of the C minor chord tones, so not as much tension. Lack of tension supporting the lyric boring. I realize once again, this is very, very subtle use of music to support the meaning of a lyric. Whether doing it on purpose or by instinct, I find it truly remarkable. Phrase three, a lot can change in 20 seconds. Now, once again, phrase three uses the same notes as the two previous phrases, this time against another new chord, the G minor, and ending on the C minor seventh to the sixth. The phrase ends on the note C against the C minor chord, resting on seconds. Phrase four, a lot can happen in the dark. 
once more we have an exact repetition of the melody. This time the chords are also the same. The fourth phrase is the same as the second phrase, chords and melody. The only difference is the fourth phrase ends on the note D. The second phrase ended with two notes, D and B flat. I will play the melody of the four phrases so you can hear those slight differences. So that was verse one, the first half. Now the second half, the second part, is exactly the same as the first part, with new lyrics. It starts with the lyrics, love when it makes you lose your bearings. That's the pickup to the second half of the verse. The main difference is an important one in music. The first half ends with a G minor chord on the lyric dark with the note D. The second half comes to a definite end with the B flat chord and normally composers would end the section with the one chord in this case B flat before going on to the next section and normally the note might be B flat the root note so you really feel that it's a period or they would use some type of a connector to bring us into the next part this time it ends with a C we hear in the distance a B-flat, but she's singing a C, so it's, it's really a nice touch. It leaves us hanging, up in the air, so to speak. Very ambiguous. Also, you've probably noticed what I mentioned earlier, that as each section enters, something new happens. In the first half of the verse, we had the bass and some percussion added. In the second part, we have some background melody added, and so on, as we shall see in each section. Now we enter the pre-chorus. The pre-chorus is eight measures long, divided into two four-measure phrases. The background, as before, continues from the introduction and the verse. Phrase one of the pre-chorus, the lyrics are, I'm not sentimental, but there's something about the way you look tonight. This first phrase, unlike the verse starts right on the first beat of the section, not as a pickup from the previous section. Noticeable is that the vocal range has moved higher, creating more intensity and emotion, but the background for the first phrase drops back down, similar to the intro. So these two techniques, the melody in a higher range combined with a sparser background, really shows us that we are in something new, a new section and talk about planning, the lyrics and the music for I'm Not Sentimental becomes the outro hook. I'll play that now for you. Notice how the second half of the phrase is a repetition of the first half. with a slight variation at the end. The third and fourth measures of this phrase rest on the notes D and B flat, the fifth and third of the G minor chord for the lyric night. Phrase two of the pre-chorus. The second phrase with the lyrics makes me want to take a picture 
make a movie with you that we'd have to hide. This second phrase is basically a repetition of phrase one, this time with a pickup for the lyrics makes me. This is important, very important, because up to now, mostly all the notes move in stepwise motion. Think of a piano, the notes right next to each other in the scale, or a small interval jump, such as a third. Now, though, we go from a low B-flat up to an A, the interval of a major seventh for the lyrics want to take. Any time a large interval is used, it signals an important moment. See episode number 39, Songwriting, Lyrics, and Intervals, and episode number 65, Moon River, Emotion and Dissonance. I will play that interval for you now. I cannot stress how important this technique is. This second phrase rests on the chord tone D, the fifth of the G minor chord for the lyric hide. At this point, the accompaniment rests, shining a spotlight on the lyrics, you better lock your phone. This is the pickup introducing the chorus, what many feel is the true essence of a song. In fact, many have said they start with the title and the chorus. On that subject, if you save the introduction for last, you can take bits and pieces of everything you've composed, put it or hint at it in the introduction, creating something special. The chorus. The chorus is eight measures long. Once again, the background remains constant. What is noticeable is that the vocal range is lower than the verse and the pre-chorus. Normally, important sections, such as a chorus, are set in a higher range. Of course, Billy's voice is so unique and outstanding in, in any register, but especially the lower ones. There are four phrases and actually a fifth, which is the pickup to verse number two. Phrase one of the chorus. You better lock your phone. As mentioned, this is the pickup into the chorus. Phrase two. And look at me when you're alone. This phrase opens with a pickup note G on the lyric and, then jumps a perfect fifth to the note D for the lyric look. The interval of the perfect fifth denotes strength. The theme songs for adventure and action movies usually stress the perfect fifth. Example, Star Wars, Star Trek, etc. Power chords on a guitar are the perfect fifth. Phrase three, won't take a lot to get you going. This is the same as the previous phrase, number two, melodically, but now heard against the G minor chord rather than the C minor seventh. Once more, tone color changes with different chords behind. Phrase four, melodically the same as the first phrase, but with these lyrics, I'm sorry if it's torture though. And then with only a slight pause, we go into the final phrase of the chorus, which acts as the pickup to the repeat of the verse. The lyrics are, I know, I know, it might be more of an obsession. Verse two. 
In verse 1, we had two eight-measure sections with the second section musically the same as the first. For verse 2, we have only the second half, the last eight measures, of course with new lyrics. It opens up with the pickup just mentioned. It might be more of an obsession. Verse 2 is followed by the pre-chorus. Usually the pre-chorus of a song, similar to the chorus, retains the same music and lyrics. Here the last two phrases have new lyrics. Chorus number two. At this point we hear the chorus twice, the first time ending on the lyric, you better lock your door, which is a pickup into the repetition of the chorus. The second chorus comes to an indefinite ending on the lyric yours, with the note A against the B-flat major chord, the major seventh. Very subtle, for B-flat would be a definite ending. The A, A note creates doubt that the lyric yours is really true. When creating a work of art, such as a song or a symphony or a sculpture or a painting, these little touches, these little nuances really elevate it to another level. The outro. As we have seen throughout the work, the hypnotic background continues. For eight measures, there is an instrumental interlude. Then three exact phrases, I'm not sentimental, using a fragment of the melody heard in the pre-chorus for those same lyrics, becoming a melodic lyrical hook. Fragmenting pieces of a melody and using it in different sections of a work is really a great technique. In classical music, they will use the technique of fragmentation and extension, where they will fragment something and then extend it up, maybe through sequence. The song closes on the one chord, B-flat major, a definite ending. Once again, it is truly amazing how Billy and Phineas write, arrange, and record such works of perfection like this one. This is a lesson for all composers. It is not the old days of going into a studio, pay for hours, make a demo, try to sell it. Now you can do it all by yourself or with the help of family or friends. Remember, you have created something that will last forever. It does not matter if it leads to fame or fortune. What matters is that you created a work of art. As I said earlier, this song is a model of perfection, a lesson in how to write. We have seen techniques such as repetition and repetition with variation, a study in planning and execution, shifting melodic tone colors through harmonic movement, dance as an inspiration, melodic, rhythmic, and harmonic hooks, section division through orchestration, ostinato patterns of harmony and rhythm, all valuable and important techniques for your own works. Thank you so, so much for listening. I'd like to leave you with this quote by Gabriel Fauré. Music exists to elevate us as far as possible above everyday life. Thanks again. Take care. Joe.